Welcome to the newest episode of Wrestle Change Realize and also the Coleman Thompson podcast. I have decided I'm going to, we'll see how it goes. I'm usually on and off depending on when I am able to have time or when I get super excited about something that I learn. But I want to try to do just a Sunday thing where I make just a short video. We'll see how short, maybe 10 to 20 minutes where I kind of just explain things that I've learned over the past week. And this, this week will be kind of a, a mix of a few different things, a few different principles that I really loved that I was able to learn about through Come Follow Me, through Preach My Gospel, and through the Book of Mormon. So I'm trying to learn from all of those things. And one thing I just want to start with that I read today in Preach My Gospel, this is section two. It's when you're talking about learning by the Holy Ghost. So, there's one scripture that it mentions. It is 1 Nephi 10, verse 19. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well as, wait, as well in these times as in times of old. I feel like um, one of the main reasons we're here is simply to learn the process of becoming better, and this is the process. It's incredible how we can have this gospel that works for everyone who's willing to put in the effort. That that manifests to me that it's of God, and it's strange because we're all so different. It seems like there couldn't possibly be any one thing that works for everyone, but this is it, and I really do believe it is. It has not failed me yet, I promise you. I have learned so much from it. And so God knows what will work for everyone. He has given us this. And there's on the next page, it talks about how as you treasure up the words of the scriptures and Latter-day prophets by study and faith, your desire to share the gospel will increase. You are promised that the spirit will help you know what to say when you teach. So that's something that seems like a very bold promise, right? But I just anyone in the church who's surrounded with people um, who have gone through conversion processes and come to learn it a little bit more, just realize that most of the time those people are testifying that this is true. It will guide you. And it's, you kind of have to take that step of faith. I've realized um, that it is God guiding us through other people, right? So if, if someone lets God prevail in their life, then if you follow that person's footsteps, you're also letting God prevail. Maybe it's in a little bit of a different way, but if you're willing to take those same initial actions and let that little bit of faith work within you, then it will be able to come. And that that's one thing I kind of relate unto how um, when you're serving your fellow man, you're serving God. When you're following the teachings of your fellow men who have strong testimonies of God, you're following God. It's the same thing because it all comes from the same being. And so that was something that I thought was cool that I realized. And it's, it seems odd that we can have this gospel that seems so simple and straightforward when you really break it down to repentance and faith. But it really is as simple as that. And there's all these other things that are the mysteries of God that we can, I mean, those are parts of the mysteries of God. That's something I've come to learn lately. But learning those things on a deeper level is part of a mystery of God, but these other, there's so much um, to learn about. And one thing I think I should jump to right now is in DNC 19, studying Come Follow Me this week, uh, 
came across some pretty cool scriptures. And um, this is something that hit me hard because, well, it hit me hard when I learned about it just about a month ago because I was talking to my seminary teacher and I said something about how I just don't believe that there's this hell that people who weren't good enough in this life go to forever. And then he pointed out these verses to me, uh, DNC 19, uh, 6 through 12. Nevertheless, it is not written that there shall be no end to this torment, but it is written endless torment. Again, it is written eternal damnation, wherefore it is more expedient than other scriptures, that it might work upon the hearts of the children of men altogether for my name's glory. There's so many scriptures that are meant to do that. They work together, um, even if they seem to have some sort of negative connotation, they're presenting something in a way that helps us to understand and be motivated. And some people do need to be motivated by fear. That's just a reality. And there kind of will be that little bit of fear within us um, and now I'll take it back to verse 4, which says, And surely every man must repent or suffer, for I, God, am endless. I don't think that scripture's harsh. It's just reality. If we are not following the purpose of our existence and the being who brought that existence to happen, if we're not willing to follow what he has set in place so that we can become like him and obtain true joy, then we will suffer. And that doesn't mean it's God inflicting the suffering. It's the lack of God that causes the suffering. It's the lack of God in your life that's causing that suffering. And so, and one thing I was listening to a video and in seminary, my teacher said it the same way, hell is just this feeling that you have inside you. It's like a godly sorrow in a way. You know you did something wrong. You feel accountable to God. And that's something that we're all going to feel at some point. And if people go through their entire lives without experiencing that godly sorrow, they're going to feel it after if they don't choose to repent. And in seminary, we talked about the anger of God. Um, and we, you know, I genuinely don't believe that God gets angry, right? He's, Jesus didn't get angry and they're one in purpose. And I'm sure that they are very, <laughs> very similar in the way they act because that I don't know it, they're gods right and they know our deeper purpose and if they're one in purpose then I am sure that they are very similar or one in action but um, the anger of God is the our, my seminary teacher explained it as the lack of his presence basically so him removing his protective spirit over those people and so in the scriptures when you hear of the anger of God coming over people it's actually the lack of his spirit because they're not listening to him, he's not helping them because you can't receive help from a source that you don't even believe in. So that's kind of what I see from that. I think that just remember God is not, I don't think God is mean. He is just very real in the scriptures. And then back to those other scriptures, um, verse seven, where it works together for his name's glory, for his good. Um, that just <laughs> means that these are the scriptures that needed to be put in here so that it works. And if you have to think of it as this endless torment, then that's if that motivates you, that's okay. But endless means God, just as it said in verse 4, I am endless. So just skipping over to 
Verse 10, For behold the mystery of godliness, how great it is. For behold, I am endless, and the punishment which is given from my hand is endless punishment. For endless is my name. Wherefore, eternal punishment is God's punishment. Endless punishment is God's punishment. So, it's the quantity... Wait, backwards, go back. It's the quality of the punishment, not the quantity. It's not. We're not going to be suffering forever if we don't test... If we don't... Uh, obey God's commandments, but we will be suffering until we're willing to repent, which means to become better. Everything in this universe is designed to propel us to become better in some way. That's the that's why we have some sort of moral compass within us that doesn't totally make sense when you look at other animals and how they kind of just look out for themselves. A lot of the time there's just instincts there, but we have this deeper thing and um, you know, when it comes together with a world of billions of people, it can be a confusing mess, right? But it's um, it's all about repentance and becoming better. And this is something that me and my mom, I would, I want to say we kind of figured it out before ever coming across these scriptures and doctrine and covenants. I just, I remember a long time ago, I think it was just when reading the book of Mormon, we talked about it, how it's, we were, you know, we were just confused. We kind of just came to the conclusion, okay, I think hell, hell is directed. This is, this whole thing is directed by God and I trust him and I trust that he would never, and he knows each of us perfectly. He would never put any of us through this thing forever who didn't deserve it. And I don't know if anyone really deserves it because that suffering, which is that internal suffering, that godly sorrow that they feel because they've done something horribly wrong. Maybe I'm using godly sorrow wrong. I'm sorry, but that sorrow they feel of doing something horribly wrong, um, that made a little bit more sense to me, that it's more of a state of mind, hell. is like a state of mind, and it makes it so that we can't progress forward very well. But um, I did, we, kinda, we did come to the conclusion that, like, okay, this just means that it's of God, right? And then when my seminary teacher showed me these verses, I was like, Yes, <laughs> I loved it. And especially now, understanding Doctrine and Covenants a lot more, how it's literally the Savior speaking almost every single moment of this book. It's pretty powerful. And so, um, going on with this, verse 15 of section 19, Therefore I command you to repent. Repent, lest I smite you by the rod of my mouth. And the rod of his mouth, I just believe, is his word, which comes back to that internal sorrow we feel. Once we know God's word and it will become known, we just as um, there's some scriptures that talk about how we will all bow down before Christ and confess that he is the Christ, we will know God's word, and that is what will smite us. It's, it's the lack of God's presence and your lack of letting him propel you forward that will cause you to suffer, and that's his anger, right? So, and by my wrath, and by my anger, and your sufferings be sore, how sore you know not, how exquisite you know not, yea, how hard to bear you know not. I don't think that means just purely it's just the most hellish, awful thing in the world. It just means that we, we can't understand what it really feels like to deny God and then to suffer those consequences. And I, I do believe that there's this balance of energy in the universe. Like uh, karma is a very real thing, right? It's basically what we're taught in the gospel. Of good, Your good works, all things will work together for your good, right? And so 
Verse 16, For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all, that they might not suffer if they would repent. So I believe that when we do things that are wrong, there's this energy um, that has to be compensated for in a sense. We have to, um, some that negative energy doesn't just go away. It has to go away somehow. And Christ suffered for that. I'm really trying to understand the atonement still. I'm trying to let it enter my heart a little bit more than my mind because I've tried to figure it out logistically and it, it doesn't make much sense to me that way. So I'm just trusting. And um, just know that you can repent. And like I don't feel bad about who I used to be um, because I see it as a different person. Repentance is a new you, right? And... Christ can take that upon him and in some way in some miraculous way that's how it works and so I'm still trying to learn that um if you have any thoughts let me know but but if they would not repent they must suffer even as I verse 17 so that's um nothing in the gospel has failed me yet and I don't believe that will fail me it's interesting as I learn more i come to know like okay i'm excited for when i gain a testimony of that thing because it's coming bit by bit by bit there's another part in that preach my gospel that says strive where did it go oh yeah strive to live in harmony with your understanding doing so will strengthen your faith knowledge and testimony so striving to do it this is something that um i kind of struggled with a little bit and i'll bring this back around for why i think it's important to what i was just talking about but uh, I've realized that there's always something better I can do. Sometimes when I compare myself to other people, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I'm good with my scripture reading and stuff. But no, if you can think that and really consider it, there's probably something better that you can do. Um, and the, the trick is like learning how to take that one piece at a time. And that's that goes back to... The truthfulness part for me um, learning those truths one piece at a time and it, it's hard and it requires patience but one quote I heard uh, maybe I've shared this before on here it was uh, Jared Halverson I highly suggest you go watch his videos it's called unshaken Saints um, but he's talked about how we need to consider will this will it me will this mean the most for me to get the answer to this right now or will it mean more later so that's something I've realized like the Lord can be preparing me for um, to receive those things later. And I think the atonement is one of those things that I will gain a stronger testimony of as I teach it. And uh, a testimony can be found in the bearing of it, right? So I believe that I will be able to get to that point where I find that testimony. Um, and the next few verses are really important this is the i've been told this is the one time that christ himself these are his own words in the scriptures explaining exactly what happened with the atonement so verse 18 which suffering caused myself even god the greatest of all to tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer both body and spirit and would that i might not drink the bitter cup and shrink nevertheless glory be to the father and i partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men I think that's so cool. Um, earlier in the chapter, verse 2, he talks about having accomplished and finished the will of him whose I am. So the Father's will. Uh, he's Christ has done what he needs to do for this 
marvelous work to be able to come to pass. And now it's our responsibility to go and teach what we've learned from it. God is a just God, and so someone needed to suffer for those sins. Uh, and that was part of Christ's preparations for us was that, and that was the ultimate part of it. Um, so there's a lot more throughout these verses. I will stop with the DNC for now. I want to flip over to the Book of Mormon. There's some cool stuff. Sorry if I'm all over the place here. There's some cool stuff I've learned in the Book of Mormon lately. So in Alma chapter 61, there were these verses. So let me see if I remember exactly what's happening here. Oh yeah, so there's an insurrection in the government. Um, there's suffering going on in the armies of those who are following God, right? Um, and so these verses, sorry if they're taken out of context, but verse 12 says, we would subject ourselves to the yoke of bondage if it were requisite with the justice of God, or if he should command us to do it. But behold, he doth not command us that we shall subject ourselves to our enemies, but that we should put our trust in him and he will deliver us. Um, so they, when you align your will with God, you're willing to do anything with him, for him. I, I believe that. You're willing to go through anything and still trust him after the fact and still trust that your trust in him will still be valid after, right? And um, that willingness to go through anything uh, I think is important and, you know, I want to say I'm there myself, but I honestly haven't suffered a lot of super painful things in my life, so we'll see what comes. But my favorite part is the beginning of verse 13, just where it says, but behold, he doth not command us that we shall subject ourselves to our enemies. God does not command us to live a life full of pure suffering. Like there's kind of this part of me where it makes sense. I'm like, oh yeah, it would make sense if we just suffered here for a hundred years. You know, that's just a tiny bit of our existence here in the universe. Um, but no, <laughs> he doesn't command that to happen. He gives it, he gives us this life and makes it possible for us to be happy. He doesn't want us to be living in fear and anger and terror. And most of the, the hardship comes from, comes from when people aren't willing to work together in his name and so one thing i wrote here just when i was reading that was they would voluntarily endure much suffering if god asked it of them but behold he wants us to be free and happy <laughs> remember how few and simple of these things he requires of us and those things make us happy while we still have the freedom to do other things that bring us joy so we still are able in this life to do you know little I mean, I would say like, you know, things like sports, parties, all those fun things, right? We're able to do those things in life and experience the joy that comes from following his commandments and grow through hardship. It seems pretty incredible. It's not all just pain, right? We have to, um, we needed to know misery so that we could know joy, but we also need to know joy so that we can understand how miserable misery is, right? Um, and so that's something I thought was cool. He doesn't want us to just suffer. Um, look for those things in your life where you can draw a lot of meaning from and have joy from, and even when you're following God's commandments, because there aren't that many commandments. Um, in my podcast with Kyle Fox, it's episode nine. Kyle was talking about how, like, oh, there's, you know, your parents will tell you six things that you can't do, 
and there's a thousand and six other things that you could do, but you choose to just dwell on why you can't just do those six things. There's so many things that we can do um, under God's direction, and that's where we're going to find the most joy and propel ourselves forward. Uh, Verse 16 of Alma chapter 61 I thought was pretty cool. Behold, I have sent a few provisions unto them that they may not perish until ye can come unto me. So this idea of provisions is something I've learned a little bit about um, listening to Jared Halverson's podcasts just on um, the, the war chapters of the Book of Mormon. God sends provisions to us to help us. He sends us enough. And this, I believe, plays into eternity. I have sent a few provisions unto them. And a few, that just means in God's eyes, it's just a few. Because he's, he's taking care of this entire human family, right? So he needs to send just a few of those. And a few can mean hundreds in God's eyes. Um, hundreds of people, hundreds of perspectives, something into your life. Life is pretty incredible in how you can learn all of those different perspectives and things. Um, but all those things that will testify of God... And you will not perish unless you get a chance to come unto him. And there will be a lot of people in this life. And I would say to some degree, we all don't understand the gospel fully, right? Um, We will still have more to learn and we will not perish if we don't reject it. And he will give us those opportunities. So anyone who is struggling with your faith, if there's something you aren't sure about, I testify to you that God will make it possible for you to have that testimony. You don't need to be worried that you will go to hell because you were never given the chance. Um, I think that's something I even think about sometimes and I'd like, no, there's, there's just no way. Like there's so many things I don't know still and I'm trying to figure them out. But I have enjoyed doing <laughs> this little scripture study. There was some other stuff I was gonna touch on. Actually, okay, I'll touch on one more thing. Um, just on the idea of provisions, we have, everyone has a testimony to some degree. You have a little bit of a testimony. Um, there's a lot of things that you know are true. If there's one part of your testimony that seems shaky, like you don't understand, let the other parts of you work on that. Likewise, let other people work on you. Let groups of people work on entire wards, right? So I, I've realized every single thing in life is like a big symphony, right? We all have to work together, but it goes all the way down to the personal level where you have all these experiences and every day you can view yourself as a different person having these different experiences, bringing it all together for your good. Um, I may not have worded that in a great way. Go, go listen to Jared Halverson. He explained that way better. But um, I really enjoyed doing this. I don't know how long this is. It's probably longer than I had expected it to be. But I was, I'm excited to continue doing this hopefully every Sunday. There's so much to learn. Most of that was just stuff I learned in like 45 minutes of study um, earlier today. And I, I promise that you can be led by the Spirit if you strive um, to, what was that that said and <laughs> preach my gospel again? Strive to live in harmony with your understanding. So what you understand about the gospel, what you understand about God, strive to follow that 
and try to have the Spirit. And it takes, um, it was the page before that on Preach My Gospel, successful gospel study requires desire and action. You have to just do it. You have to be willing to keep your head up and do it, right? Look up to God while you're doing it and set aside that time every day. I testify that that will help you. And I'm excited to keep doing this uh, since I'm kind of introducing it in this video a little bit more. Maybe this ends up longer than other ones, but yeah, that will be all for this week. I'm going to be releasing another YouTube video about the desire to believe that I actually filmed like three weeks ago, never got a chance to edit. I'll be doing that soon. I'm going to keep up on the podcast and things are really getting crazy because I, I, I only have three months of school left and then missions coming soon. So I'm really excited to see what's ahead, but I'm also excited to ride this journey for whoever else is watching who might be a senior waiting for your mission call anything like that um let's all do this together study the gospel this is what we're gonna be doing for two years right uh trying to learn these things and doing the best we can with it so thank you so much for listening and i hope you have an amazing week mm -hmm.